G'day friends, what's going on? Just a quick round review before we jump back into another footy frenzy on Thursday night. I'm going to break down all the action of round 13, Indigenous round. I love Indigenous round, something really special about our game. I had a really good weekend. I like that the footy started on a Friday night. I'm not a huge fan of the Thursday night games, and now I get this feeling of nostalgia when I have to wait until Friday night for the footy to begin. It's going to be a good one. Lots to talk about, lots to break down. Let's get into it. Let's obviously begin with the big game of the round, Dreamtime in Darwin, Essendon versus Richmond. Uh, I said just a second, uh, the, the AFL hasn't been able to do all the, you know, all the special rounds and the special games it likes to do most years. We, you know, we missed Anzac Day and the Easter weekend and Mother's Day and Queen's birthday and all the, all the other you know, big special rounds and games the AFL likes to do, multicultural round, all of that. Right? But I am so happy they were still able to put on an Indigenous round because I think it is... I'm not saying any of the, you know, special rounds are more important than the others, but there is something really special about Indigenous round that is unique to our game. I think it is absolutely superb. How amazing was the welcome to country on Saturday night. Uh, and I love that it was in Darwin, that, that the atmosphere looked awesome. Everyone looked like they were just having a great time. I, like they're, they're never going to play the dream time game there every year. Like, cause they want the money that they get from playing at the MCG. You can't really beat 80,000 people, but like play it there every four years or, you know, maybe like I would imagine that Essendon and Richmond are probably the two most, like the two most heavily supported teams in Darwin. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing. Like you know, probably like given the Rioli and the Long family connections, I don't know. But maybe pick a, another two teams who are going to play in Darwin every Indigenous round. I don't know. Have them alternate with Richmond. So have Richmond and Essendon and. I don't know, say Carlton and Melbourne, for example. I don't know, right? Carlton and Melbourne play in Darwin one year and Richmond Essendon play the MCG and then they swap and go back and forth, something like that. I don't know. But I think we've unearthed a really special opportunity here in Darwin and I think they should mine it. Not mine it, that's the wrong term. It feels like they're taking advantage of it, but I think they should, I don't know, like... There is, like, such a huge, like, the population in the Northern Territory is so overwhelmingly Indigenous, and that's where most of the Indigenous people in Australia are. They should be able, they can't all get to the MCG every year. They should be able to enjoy 
around that is dedicated to them. I think that'd be really nice. Anyway, the game. Let's talk about the game. So Richmond got over the line by two goals, which, I mean, they really should have done. I, th- I think Essendon are playing finals now. They're now... Oh, what are they? They're... What? what are they? They're a game and a half outside the eight. They're not getting in now, I don't think. They're not gonna they're not gonna go past So they're, they're half a game behind the Giants and Carlton and Melbourne. And I don't know who they so they got Hawthorne on Thursday night. You think they probably win that, but then they gotta play the Eagles. They gotta play Geelong. <laughs> they got to play Port Adelaide, and then they have to do the catch-up game against Melbourne. Well, they're not winning three of those. They're not beating the Eagles, they're not beating Geelong, and they're not beating Port Adelaide. They're probably not beating Melbourne either. Yeah, Essendon are not playing finals this year, so it's another year wasted for them. I really don't know what to say about them. They, they, they are just a very lost side, and when they figure their shit out, great. I'll talk all about it, but until then, I've got not much to say. How good, though, does Irving Mosquito look? He was sensational. I love that he's able to debut in Indigenous Round and play a superb game. He kicked that really nice set shot goal for his first goal, but then that the second goal where he just exploded through that group of players and just ran into the 50 all on his own. And then to, like he ran towards the boundary line in those left footer, he ran into the left pocket and then just hooked it with his left foot. That was a really nice little goal. He he's very, like every, yeah, everyone was comparing him to his teammate McDonald Tip and Woody, but he looked very he looked a bit Rioli like to me, as in Cyril. That's who he reminded me of. That's very high praise. I hope he turns out to be a Cyril Rioli. That'd be great. But yeah, he was really nice to watch. Apart from that, Essendon don't have a whole... Like, I think the two goals is actually flattering. They kicked the last, what, three goals of the game when the game was over. So it should have been a lot more. It's a flattering margin, really. Richmond dominated. There's been a lot of talk about how... why, Like, why on earth Essendon didn't try to tag Dustin Martin? They never tagged Dustin Martin. They had Dylan Clark in the side, who was a known tagger, and they didn't tag Dustin Martin, and he just ran right and did whatever he wanted. Uh, yeah, you got to try and stop Dusty at the very least. Like, th- this is a Richmond side that's still not at full strength. Still got lots of, like, Nankervis and Edwards and Hooley. I said it all last week. They got still lots of injured players out. Granted, they're playing good footy, but they're not at full strength, which is a bit of a worry, honestly. But you got to try and stop Dusty, and they just didn't. So, two goals is flattering for Essendon. Yeah, Richmond, very good again. They're working their way up the ladder. They're now in fifth. They're only half a game outside the top four. That being said, it's actually it's going to be hard for them to get in. Like Geelong, West Coast, Brisbane, Port, they're not, losing, they're not going to be losing many games the rest of the year. So, you know, the top six is probably set. You know, St Kilda could drop down to seventh or eighth, depending on how they go. Hard to say. The the top 10 teams, so Carlton are in 10th, Melbourne are in 9th, Dogs are in 8th, Collingwood in 7th. The four of them are going to finish in those four spots, I would imagine. It's just in what order. That'll be the question. But anyway, I'm talking about Richmond. 
Richmond could sneak into the top four. It's going to be tough, but they're playing good enough footy, I think. So if, you know, Geelong or West Coast, who are a game behind Brisbane and Port, if one of them was to drop a game, Richmond could sneak in. They're playing good enough footy. Okay, let's go back to mm, Friday night. The other game in Darwin, the much less exciting game. Carlton really just dominating Gold Coast. It's really making me sad how much Gold Coast have just dropped off. They've completely just dropped off, which is really unfortunate. I really I hope they can win another game or two for the rest of the year because, like, I feel bad for Stewie Duke because he's he's like his team's playing good footy. They just stopped being able to win a month or two ago. They just can't do it now. Carlton completely demolished them. They only won by five goals. They should have won by. 12 goals if they kick straight. Carlton kicks 7 goals, 18. And trust me, I'm going to get into inaccurate kicking for goal very soon. If Carlton had kicked straight, it would have been a huge percentage booster and it would have really helped them in their you know march towards the top 8. They are seriously looking like they could... So they, they, their game against Collingwood on Sunday is a huge game. Pretty much the winner of that game is going to make the eight, and the loser will not, I would imagine. And then they got the Giants again, another team who is fighting for that eighth spot. I think he's less likely to end up there, but they're still fighting for it. And then who they yeah, Sydney, you would imagine they beat Sydney, Adelaide, they'll get the win there. And then Brisbane, they're probably not going to beat Brisbane, so they could pick up three wins. You know, they... If they can win Collingwood or the Giants game, at least one of those would be what they're really looking for. They'll beat the Swans, they'll beat Adelaide, and you wouldn't think they'd beat Brisbane. So three or three wins they probably get in, four wins they definitely get in, I'd say. So Carlton are looking really nice. They kick straight, they'll be doing real hot. All right, let's jump to... Ooh, let's jump to Adelaide and Geelong. Poor Adelaide. Another loss. Another week, another loss for the Crows this year. Oh dear, they they were, you know, gallant, I'd say. Against the Cats, they were in it until, you know, halfway through the last quarter, really. And then Geelong just kicked away. One, two, three goals to none in the last quarter. Can't have that. I mean... I think now you can say the Crows aren't going to be winning a game. What's their run home look like? Well, so they've got the bye this week. But then they've got Hawthorne. Hawthorne were pretty good against Port, so you think Hawthorne actually probably win that. Uh, and, and then they've got the Giants. Unlikely victory there. And then they've got Carlton. That's not happening. Then they've got Richmond. That's not happening either. So, yeah, I think the Crows... If they can pull a win out, I think that'd be a huge success, honestly, given their form. But I would say that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for them, but, you know, it's where they're at, not much we can do. Geelong, just getting the job done, doing what they got to do. They are, they are now, I would imagine, going to stay in the top four. Their percentage is 140, which is crazy. Crazy, crazy big percentage. Um, helps that they smashed St Kilda and Port Adelaide by 10 goals each. Um, yeah. They're just doing what they got to do. They will be getting ready for finals now. 
that's what they'll start doing. They're probably, you know, I don't know what they, I don't know if they have any, uh, who they got, they got the dogs, then they got a buy, I see the buy helps, everyone gets arrested, then they got Essendon, Richmond, Sydney, couple of tough games in there, couple of easy games and a buy, yeah, they're just doing what they have to to get ready for, um, to get ready for October, the Cats, really, alright, let's move to, well, let's do last night, Collingwood versus North Melbourne, Collingwood just had to win this game, they just had to. They have been smashed by injuries and suspensions this year and all the off-field stuff they've had to deal with. They're inside the top eight right now, which is quite impressive, to be honest. North tested them for a half and a bit, but they were just too good in the end. I mean, North didn't score. They didn't score in the last quarter. Wow. And they only kicked... Two goals, one after half-time to six goals, two, yeah. Yeah, Collingwood just had to get the win. They're playing pretty pretty all right, Collingwood, given their situation. North Melbourne are not, are definitely not. They, yeah, I think North are kind of like Essendon. I'd put them in the same boat as Essendon. They, they got a good list. They're just a bit lost in terms of the coaching. It's really strange what's going on with the with the coaching of this list. I think I've said a few times the quality of the list that they've got. They just can't get wins. Where are they on the ladder now? They're, they're second bottom now. 81%. Gee whiz. Yeah. Write the air off. Figure out their game plan. Start again next year. That's really all I can say about them. All right, let's go back to Bulldogs and Melbourne. This this was shaping up to be one of the more interesting games of the round, for sure, by far. Um, I mean, in the end, it didn't really end up being that. Dogs won by, by five goals. It, the first half was really good, like really tight, hard footy. But then that third quarter... Dogs pile on six goals to none. Six goals in a row is not good uh, to have kicks to, kicked against you. And then that was just it. You know, then it was pretty even for the rest of the game. Gee, the Bulldogs look nice when they're playing well. They look really, really good when they're, when they're just running through the centre of the ground and they're just handballing and kicking with perfection. Gee, they look nice. I really hope that they play finals. They're in eighth at the moment. Question will be if Melbourne or Carlton, maybe the Giants can pinch it from them. Excuse me, there. That'll be the question. Oh, gee, I hope they can play finals and play the footy like they played, especially in that third quarter. Gee, it's nice to watch. Really, really, their their midfield is probably runs the deepest of any team in the comp. Like, there might be midfields who you would say are better, who have, like, you know, maybe a better, you know, starting three and then two wingers in the, you know, starting three in the middle and then two wingers. But, like, like the fact that Mitch Wallace has played at full forward for most of the year says a little bit something, says something about how their midfield's going. Like, say, you know, say their midfield wasn't working, they can just chuck him in the middle there. But for the most of the year, he's played at full forward and he's been kicking goals, which is really good. 
I, I tipped them to win the flag back at the start of the year. I don't think they, they're going to be doing that. It'd be really impressive if they could. But this is the kind of footy they're capable of playing. Really, really good job by them. I think in terms of Melbourne, it's really hard to say. It's really bloody hard to say. Like, I think this is probably the real Melbourne. I have a red hot crack and they're, you know, they're, a, you know, a fine team, but they're just not quite a top eight side. And if you are a top eight side, you're going to beat them. You don't really need to worry. I think that's where they're at. I think maybe the, you know, the 50 point thrashings they were giving out to um, Adelaide and whoever else they beat, Collingwood, I think, and someone else, uh, in the last few weeks, may have lulled us into a false sense of security about the quality of the team that Melbourne is. I don't know. I re- they're so inconsistent. I mean, they're not really... Like, they weren't shit in this game. They were just shit for a quarter. They were really shit for a quarter, and the Bulldogs just squished them. They're like, oh, you're going to play shit against us for 30 minutes? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Really, really don't know. They're, they're now just outside the eight. They've got by far the best percentage of any of the teams around them. 112. Collingwood, 109. Bulldogs, 101. Carlton, 100. Giants, 96 by far the best percentage, so that'll help them. I got the Saints this week. It's going to be a tough one. Tough one for them. Okay, let's go to Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. This is actually a pretty good little game. Again, Port Adelaide, another team this weekend that didn't kick straight. You, you have to kick straight. Kick straight. Jesus bloody Christ. It is literally the most... Imp- it's so by far the most important thing about this is how you win right it's not clearances that win it's not contested possessions that win it is who has the highest score at the end of the game and to get the highest score you need to kick lots of goals okay that's between the two big sticks right not anywhere else it is the most fundamental of fundamentals and some teams are really struggling with it frustrates me it frustrates me because it's been St Kilda's thing for like the last three years not kicking straight now they are kicking straight but there's other teams that aren't so I feel your frustration if you go for these teams but god it is the the most important thing if I was a coach I'd be like right I don't care if like you know our our you know our ruck work isn't great or our back line isn't perfect the thing we're going to get perfect first is kicking for goal. What is the point of getting it in there if we can't kick goals? It's so important. Oh, okay, rant over. Pretty good little game. Really good effort by the Hawks. I was pretty impressed they were able to go with Port for as long as they did. But, I mean, there's not a lot you can do about a perfect tap down to Zach Butters. I loved that so much. That was so nice to watch. Like, and it, it wasn't like a Matanui tap where he taps it way to the outside of the pack and there's a, a Shui or a Gaff or a Kelly out there ready to collect and goal. Lysette tapped it like six inches away from himself. I'm like It was at his belly button, which is where Zach Butter's head was. And he just, he just cut through that pack 
that whoever was playing on him was about five metres behind him. No one touched him. Like, the fact that that was a set play that they had organised is so brave. Because who would think that they could run through a pack of congested congestion like that and get through untouched and then run another five metres out the other side of that pack still untouched and kick a goal? What a crazy notion that is. Oh, but gee, it's nice to watch. Like, that's, pro- that's probably like... Um, like it's not a it's not a really flashy goal or a really flashy specky, but that's probably my favourite thing that I've seen this year. Really simple little, you know, nonchalant ruck tap to a player that just flies through the centre of a pack, centre of a ruck contest, and kicks a goal from ten metres out. I fucking love that shit. Love it. Good old, uh, almost like a front and centre. But yeah, good effort, Hawthorne. Port Adelaide, another team that just sort of did what they had to. They're hanging on to top spot. Hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. They haven't given it up yet. They're hanging on. They're probably still going to end up there. Yeah, going all right. Hawthorne, you know. We all know their season's over. <sighs> Unfortunately, you know, with the list sizes probably being cut down to 35 next year, we might only have, you know, a month left of guys like Sean Burgoyne or Paul Puopolo or many of the other, you know, James Frawley. don't even know if he's in the team, but some of the older guys at Hawthorne, some of the other guys at all the clubs, you know, are we going to be seeing the, you know, yeah, it depends if Carlton play finals, but we're going to see it in the last of Eddie Bet soon. Um, you know, the guys at Geelong, I mean, Geelong will be playing finals, but, you know, are we seeing the last of Ablett? Don't know. Is he going to be back this year? Don't know. If, if, if you've got players in your team, David Mundy at Fremantle, they're not playing finals. He was really great on the weekend, so maybe he goes around again, but... You know, if you're cutting list sizes down to 35, the first thing you cut are the old blokes. So, you know, if you've got old guys in your team who are playing games, you know, if they're a player you like, I'd watch, because you might be seeing the last of them, which is a bit morbid, but it's true. All right, so that was the Port-Hawks game. Port getting the job done by 10 points. Hawks played well. Port played a bit better. Okay, what's next? Let's do the Fremantle-Sydney game. Freo are just, they're playing really nice footy. They're, they're winning games on the reg all of a sudden now. And Sydney played just about the worst game I've seen this year. I mean, it probably was the worst game I've seen this year in terms of like a performance, I should say. Two goals, seven for an entire game. And they kicked the first goal of the game. No, they kicked one more after that. That's not good. <laughs> that is not good at all. Just when the other day I was saying that the Swans are probably the best of those bottom four teams, and then they dish up something like that. Now I'm not so sure. Although I'm not... Don't know if they're better than Hawthorne or North Melbourne. Don't know. 
But I mean, well done Fremantle. I mean, Justin Longmuir was the backline coach at Collingwood, and he has, you know, he's the reason that they've got the defence that they've got. And now Fremantle look like they may become, I mean, they've been this before under Ross Lyon, but they may become again a defensive powerhouse. Like Luke Ryan looks like he's going to be an All-Australian. Um, oh, what's that other bloke's name? That other, that big um, backman they've got down there. Let me find him. Let me find him. Let me find him. Brennan Cox. He was really good too. Big boy. Yeah, they were really good Fremantle. Not much else I can say really. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, they only kicked seven goals for the game, but still won by five goals. Really, really good effort. They should, I mean, I, I think I tipped them to finish bottom. So they should be really, <laughs> because my opinion's so important, they should be wrapped with how they've gone this year, Fremantle. Really, really, they should be really happy. Okay. Let's talk about the team who has been the worst kicker goal all year long, Brisbane. So Brisbane just barely by the skin of their teeth got over the line against the Saints by two points. Six goals, 14 to seven goals, six. Six goals, 14, Brisbane. Brisbane are not going to win a single final if they keep kicking like this. All right? They're going to be out in straight sets like they were last year. All right? If the finals were being played this week, they'd be playing Geelong. Right? Who, who, you know, have the highest percentage in the land because they're good at kicking goals. Right? And they would smash them. Okay? And then, they'd, you know, the week after they might have to play a Richmond or a St. Kilda or a Collingwood or a Bulldogs. Right? They, they have, they've got four more games to fix this shit, Brisbane. Or it's going to be another year gone. They're still a young side, so they're probably going to be up there for another few years after this. But gee whiz, Eric Hipwood, if you're going to be the big boy, the big man down there, down there at Lion in the in the in the den, you have got to fix your goal kicking. There was two that he absolutely shanked and then went through for behind for a behind, and then there was this. Then there was the one where he he looked like he sort of pulled the kick to the top of the goal square. But it also kind of looked like he didn't. It looked like he just dropped it onto the toe of his boot when he didn't mean to, and he kicked it straight to the St Kilda player. It was really, really strange. Obviously, they're letting um, Charlie Cameron decide whether or not he should be having a rest. He kicked the one goal, which was from a free kick. They probably just need to sit him down and say, look, we're going to give you a game off. Because he, he, ever since he hurt his knee the other week, he has just not been the same. I think he's kicked two goals in the last three or four, some, something like that. I don't know. But he has not been the same since he hurt his knee. They need to decide what to do with him because they need to have him ready for finals. So he kicks lots of goals. Need to have him ready. Um, St Kilda did very well. They really shouldn't have been close to winning this game. If Brisbane kick even a little bit straight at the margin, it just starts to grow very rapidly. But St Kilda did quite well. 
Really good to see Seb Ross do the shutdown role on Lockie Neal, which allowed Jack Steele to just have maybe his best game for the year. By far best on ground. Like 25 disposals, a goal, 10 tackles, 17 contested possessions. Huge game. Huge, given he's usually the tagger. And everyone's like, oh, he'll go to Neal. He'll do the shutdown role on Neal at the end of the first quarter. Oh, Neal's been quiet. Steele's been doing a good job. No one even clicked that it was Ross who was doing the shutdown role. I really like this for Ross. Really, really like it. Okay, he's been sort of stuck around halfback for most of the year, and he's been out of form. Again, he only had 15 touches on the weekend, but he did a really important job shutting down Neil. Really, really good from him. Um, yeah, I, th- I think maybe in the next couple of years, these will be the kind of games that St Kilda will pinch, you know, against a team who is better and has an off day in one way or another. St Kilda had a few chances to win the game there in the last quarter. A couple of, you know, missed shots on goal of their own, but they'll learn from that. I definitely don't think that St Kilda's a top four side. I think the top four are the top four sides in the comp. I think St Kilda is going to finish fifth or sixth, which is about where they deserve to finish. But yeah, they were pretty all right. I was pretty happy. One to go. Last game. West Coast versus the Giants. West Coast won by two goals, which is also probably a pretty, you know, kind margin for the Giants. The Giants kicked the last four goals of the game, I think. Yeah, four goals to one in the last quarter. There's two questions in the AFL, I think, at the moment. Who is going to lose to Adelaide, if anyone, and who can beat the Eagles, if anyone, from this point on. They are so on top of their shit. They are looking really dangerous. They look confident. They're playing with flair. Did you see how McGovern played? Just oh, Let me just take this enormous hanger over someone's head. Don't worry. Oh, let me just take another hanger to, you know, spoil through a ball from behind that would have been a goal. Well, let me just clunk marks all over the half-back line that would have ended up in goals for the opposition. He he is... He had a... He and the Eagles had lots of problems when they were in Hubland back at the, back at the start of the restart, but they have fixed it up now. And gee whiz, they are looking dangerous. I think they are... They should be... Probably clear favourites for the flag at the moment. Geelong are playing really good footy, but they're not playing good footy like the Eagles are. Oh, the Eagles are just that next level of perfection. They do not look like losing at any point. Even though they only beat the Giants by two goals, they never look like losing this game. Not even a little bit. Ugh. The Giants really probably needed to win this game if they wanted to play finals. I think they can kiss it goodbye now. I don't know what their run is like compared to the other two. So they got Fremantle. That is now quite a tough game for them. They've got Carlton. That's going to be the must win, I think, when that one comes around. Then they've got Adelaide, which they will win, fair enough. And then they've got Melbourne, which will be another must win. And then St Kilda. 
Gee, that's tough. The Adelaide game is an easy one. No problems there. Fremantle game, not as easy as it probably was a month or two ago. Melbourne, Carlton and St Kilda is the other ones. Gee, that's tough. They're going to need to win three or four of those last five games. Same with Carlton, really. I don't know. They just seem to have stopped really putting in the effort that they were putting in, you know, sort of late last year when they were flying into the finals. Doesn't really look like it's, you know, clicking. You know when it sort of gets to like the last month of the home and away season and then finals, there'll be teams who like aren't in the top two, maybe top four, probably top six, who are just sort of consistently playing good footy and then it'll just click for them in that last seven or eight games of the of the year. And they just like what the Bulldogs did. The Bulldogs really did it in the finals. They just played four perfect games in 2016. It's like that, right? Last bit of the home and away season, and then the finals, it all just comes together and you win a flag, right? I think it's been years and years and years since the team that actually finished on top um, at the end of the home and away season won the grand final. Like last year, Geelong finished on top. Year before that, Richmond finished on top when West Coast won. Year before that, when Richmond won, Adelaide finished on top. Year before when the Dogs won, Sydney finished on top. When Hawthorne won in 2015, Fremantle finished on top. When Hawthorne won in 2014, Sydney finished on top. In 2013, when Hawthorne won, Hawthorne finished on top. So 2013 was the last time that the minor premier went on to be the actual premier. So that should, that's a, that should tell you something. Really, all you need to do is just be there for the finals and play a good month of footy. You do not have to finish top. Bulldog showed us you do not even have to finish top four. I think this year especially, you're not going to have to finish top four. So, gee, maybe a Carlton could just fly into the top eight. And steal a flag. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be West Coast who wins probably. I think this is actually the perfect year for West Coast, given that they're not going to finish on top. Probably, I think Brisbane and Port probably hang on to spots one and two. Given Geelong's percentage, they probably hang on to third, meaning West Coast finish fourth. And I think they could very easily win it from there, given the way they're playing. All right, so that is Indigenous Round done. I really do like Indigenous Round. I like the jumpers. I like the vibe. I really liked what they did in Darwin this year. It's really special. It's going to be the highlight of the year, you know, barring all the excitement of the finals and what happens there. Um, we're winding it up now. Going to do this last footy frenzy over the next few weeks. Just about all the teams are now in Queensland. There's a couple of games still going to be happening in, in, in Adelaide and in the Northern Territory and that. But it's all in Brisbane now. It's looking like the grand final is going to be at the Gabba. They'll probably play the whole final series in Brisbane. 
you know, Metricon and the Gabba, they maybe play a couple of games in Adelaide and Perth, maybe, given where Port and West Coast are going to be finishing. But yeah, apart from that, it is winding up now, this crazy year. Just five more rounds, and then finals. All right. I will do as I did for the last festival of footy. I will wait until it is all done, and then I will do another set of report cards. Those uh, those two episodes of the podcast from last week have been quite popular. Uh, lots more listens than what my episodes of the footy usually get, which is good. Um, I hope you're all enjoying the content. I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all wearing masks. I think we've only got three more weeks of this lockdown here in Melbourne, which is very, very good. Less than three weeks now, I think. So the light is there at the end of the tunnel. I think that's a metaphor for dying. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you next time.